Hello and welcome to episode 128 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. Back to being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight, we're channeling our inner Joey Triviani from the TV show Friends by asking the question, how you doing? Thanks for listening. Hello. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And before we get to tonight's topic, a little bit of travel stories. Housekeeping. Week before last, it was a Savannah-Jacksonville road trip. And as I'm updating the COVID uh, announcements or COVID warnings inside hotels, the Doubletree in Savannah still required face masks and had the break the seal sticker across the door jams. A plus was that this location had both the bar and restaurant open. From there, it was an overnight stay in the Spring Hill Suites in Jacksonville. They also required masks, but the pool, the outdoor pool in February was still open. So if you're part of the Polar Bear Club, that might appeal to you. The gym was also open. The elevator had COVID notices outside, but none of the dots on the elevator floor indicating or encouraging social distancing. Inside the room at the Spring Hill Suite and at the Doubletree in Savannah, other than the TV remote being wrapped up, there were no real COVID warnings or stickers. I think one of the two hotels had one sticker on a mirror. Neither one had the little sandy white packages that I had seen at the Hampton uh, the week or two before. The nice thing was that the Spring Hill Suites did offer a legitimate hot breakfast. Not quite up to the level of the traditional Spring Hill Suites breakfast, but it was a nice way to start the day. And the Spring Hill room was decorated by West Elm, which is really pretty nice. So if HGTV has not given you or inspired you with enough decorating ideas, book a room at the Spring Hill Suites in Jacksonville Airport, and you may just get some new inspiration. On to a couple stories from the travel blogosphere. This first story is definitely from the island of me. And tonight I am the mayor of the island of me. Move over Wawa. Texas chain Bucky's is set to open a central Florida location in March. This was initially announced last September. And Bucky's is this massive 50,000 square foot travel center. They usually typically include about 120 fueling stations, endless supply of snack options, including a beef jerky counter so you can get your sodium fill. But one of the main attractions with Bucky's is their award winning bathrooms. So if you're a fan of Sonny's barbecue, you can dine on some Sonny's award winning beans, get in your car, find a Bucky's and check out their award-winning bathrooms. Uh, the Texas chain is looking to hire at least 200 workers to help run its newest stores. This is a big deal, especially for myself being a pilot flying J race track fanboy. I talked to uh, my counterpart at work who's based out of the Southwest, and he said that he routinely stops at Bucky's even if he doesn't need to stop. He says they are truly that impressive. As I rolled up I-95 a couple weeks ago, I saw both locations, the one in Daytona as well as the one in St. Augustine. They are well on their way with construction. 
There were also numerous uh, billboards saying that they were hiring with jobs starting at 15 bucks an hour. 30K a year, probably not a bad deal, especially in this time. Uh, can't wait for these to open. I will probably be there within the first week or two, even if I'm not taking a road trip. From the how to tell if you're on the backside of a pandemic department, we have Don Gilbertson, a travel reporter from USA Today, asking Southwest Airlines executives about resuming booze service. So somebody that has not been on a plane now in almost a year, apparently Southwest is not serving booze. But Tom Nealon, the president of Southwest Airlines, says it depends on the COVID-19 cases, but we'd love to have it back in time for spring break. And then checking out Twitter, Sonoma Flyer replied to uh, Tom and to Dawn, given how people are acting on planes right now without booze, why in the world do we want to fuel even more stupidity? Well, Sonoma Flyer, I'm here to tell you that that stupidity also fuels the monthly crazy travel roundup. Not travel related, but I did tell you that a couple of these stories were from the island of me. In a former life, I was a firefighter, so I give you firefighters use ladder truck to visit COVID sick teammate in hospital. Phoenix firefighter Dan Volko, V-O-L-C-K-L, Volko, was hospitalized with severe COVID-19 that he likely caught on the job. So his firefighter's pal decided to do what they do best, raise his spirits by raising the ladder on their ladder truck outside his hospital window and pay him a surprise visit. Balko has since been released and expects to be fighting fires again soon. Firefighters do kick ass, so that's why that story is in there. On to tonight's topic. This is sort of a virtual mental health check-in. And if you didn't notice, last year or the last 11 or 12 months has been full of changes. Think back to February 2020. If you recall, Kobe Bryant, his daughter, as well as seven others had tragically died in a helicopter crash. That was pretty much on everybody's mind. I'll never forget pulling into the Atlanta airport to pick up my boss. And if you've never been to the Atlanta airport, across the uh, entryway, there are these huge archways that go from the parking lot to each terminal. And the ATL had actually lit those up in purple and gold as a tribute. But thinking back again, a year or so ago, there was talk COVID. But for the most part, it was overseas. What do they say? NIMBY, not in my backyard. And no real great concern unless you were traveling internationally. By mid-March, everyone's world was beginning to get turned upside down. We started this term sheltering in place, but remember it was only for a couple weeks. But you couldn't buy toilet paper, Lysol wipes, paper towels. The shelves were completely empty. There were no face masks. People were going out into their workshop and getting dust masks that they had on their workbench. And disposable gloves were nowhere to be found. Right around that time was spring break. Schools basically told the students to just stay home. There was no end of the year testing for students. Teachers didn't get the opportunity to pack up their classrooms. And that was when the CEO, when she was in the classroom years ago, that was kind of her end of the school year when she began packing up her classroom. There were no graduations. One of the Chateau Relaxo residents graduated from UCF. 
The ceremony, while they did have one, was virtual, so they wore their robe and we snapped pictures as they stood next to the TV when their name was displayed. As May approached, we were still sheltering in place after the two-week mandate, and nobody knew for how long. By the beginning of summer, things were really starting to get different. There were no summer vacations. I know for my company, we canceled several conferences. Restaurants and bars were closed. The grocery stores now included directional arrows up and down the aisles. You started to see plexiglass at cashier's counters. And now everybody's EDC or everyday carry included a face mask. Another thing, we became obsessed with video conferencing. That obsession continued through the summer. It was very tough to buy a webcam. And video conferencing is a great vehicle for meetings and brainstorming sessions. But it quickly became and still is a substitute for a traditional audio-only conference call. Here's my take on video meetings. We are not designed to spend this much time looking at ourselves. So I came across a Zoom hack. Some of you may know this, but if you're tired of looking at yourself in a Zoom meeting, click on the little three dots in the upper right hand of your own picture box inside Zoom, select hide self view. You will no longer see yourself on the screen, but everybody else will continue. So with that in mind, do be careful what you're doing because you can't see yourself, but everybody else can. If you're looking to disappear from the Zoom meeting, but still be in it, of course, you can just flip down the lid on your webcam. Uh, but you can also go into your Zoom settings and hide non-video participants, turn off your video, and nobody will see your profile hanging out there with the video off. Fortunately, I have a boss that understands, and this is a new term, Zoom fatigue. And he has no issues with anybody turning their cameras off during a meeting. And if you look back at your Outlook calendar, I know if I look back at mine, I'm going to say since this time next year, I've hundreds of video conferencing. So between Teams, Zoom, uh, I think I actually used a Skype session not long ago and occasionally still go to meeting. It's tough to keep up with all the different applications out there. So also think back a year ago, how many people would you see physically and interact on a daily or weekly basis? And compare that to the number of people you have interacted with in the last day or even the last week. During a typical work week here, there are five of us in the house. The CEO also has a traditional job. Being the CEO of Chateau Relaxo really doesn't pay all that well. She's usually out of the house by seven, somewhere home around 5 p.m., one of the kids leaves each day around 9 a.m. and returns home around 11 p.m., long day. The other two have work schedules that vary week to week, day to day. We rarely have time to cook or eat meals together, even on the weekends. Uh, two weeks ago, when I traveled and did my Savannah and uh, Jacksonville road trip, my human interactions increased from those five to seven as I spent time with a coworker. That was the number six person. And finally, number seven, a client person. But, you know, by the time you account for people at the grocery store, which you may see as the checkout counter for five minutes, we truly are interacting with the same core group of people. And we are social creatures. Combine that with the lack of social interaction, the stress of 2020 and the uncertainty of 2021. 
it's really easy to find yourself in a bad mood or as the professionals say, depression. And it's really easy to remain there. I referenced the movie Up in the Air quite a bit. Possibly it is a metaphor for my life. Clooney's character in the movie, Ryan Bingham, sidelines as a motivational speaker. All road warriors secretly believe that they are also motivational speakers. And during the movie, he gives his what's in your backpack speech. Here's the cliff notes. Ryan or Clooney opens up the, uh, the conference or the speech by saying, how much does your life weigh? Pretend you're wearing a backpack and fill it with all the stuff in your life. Big, little, it goes in the backpack, try to walk. It's kind of hard, which it is. And that's what we do to ourselves on a daily basis. We weigh ourselves down until we can't even move. And make no mistake, moving is living. Then he adds, I'm going to set that backpack on fire. What do you want to take out of it? Photos? Photos are for people that can't remember. In fact, he says, let everything burn and imagine waking up tomorrow with nothing. It's kind of exhilarating, isn't it? Well, sure it is. I'm here to tell you it's a scary thing waking up with nothing, but you're no longer shackled to the physical things that you thought would bring you happiness and fulfillment. Clooney continues, you have a new backpack, only this time fill it with people, casual acquaintances, folks around the office, family, parents, finally your husband, wife, boyfriend, or girlfriend. Feel the weight of that bag. Your relationships are the heaviest components in your life. All those negotiations, arguments, secrets, and compromises weigh you down and you don't need to carry all that weight. And he's right. Except for now, the number of people that we put into that backpack is much smaller. But those relationships with that smaller group of people are much heavier. You know, possibly this last year, you've lost a family member to COVID. Uh, or they've gotten sick and you can't visit them. I had a family member uh, get re-diagnosed with cancer and couldn't see them for three or four months. Possibly you're now forced to be a fifth or sixth grade teacher. In my case, I have never spent this much time at home in the last 20 years. I started out, you know, March or April actually counting the days, but I gave up once I realized that I wasn't going anyplace anytime soon. And part of my identity is being a road warrior, you know, and not many road warriors spend that much time at home. I guess otherwise we'd be called home warriors. I'm the person that you can ask where to stay in Memphis, Tennessee, or Mobile, Alabama, and I guarantee you that I will hook you up with a good place. Send me anywhere, and it's doubtful that you'll get any hesitation from me. I thrive on change. I'm easily adaptable. And now suddenly, things haven't been changing. I haven't had to adapt other than adapt to being at home. So yes, I've struggled a few times over the past 11 months. But fortunately, I've been able to regroup and keep moving forward. Here's my mental health strategy, and you've heard all of this before. So in the words of comedian Brian Regan, I'm not going to be breaking any new ground there, Copernicus, but here goes. First, journal. Everyday journal. Something good has to happen to everybody every single day. A lot of people classify this as gratitude, but you can write about your goals or intentions if you journal in the morning. What do you want to accomplish that day? What's angered you at the end of the day? Something as simple as what you ate. Just journal every day. Eventually, you will find your groove. For years, I journaled with a traditional pen and paper. 
but right at 950 days ago, I began using an app called Day One. And here's what I like about it. First, it tells me how many days in a row that I've journaled. That's how I know that it's somewhere right around 950. It supports text to speech. It has geolocation. So I can look back at places that I've been and see what I wrote or thought about. It allows me to attach pictures. I can add tags to the posts or to journal entries for easy searching. And probably one of the nicest things or best things that I do like about it when I open up the app and it can be password protected. So you don't have to worry about anybody uh, screen creeping and reading your stuff. When I open it up, it says on this day, and it will tell me all the things that happened on that day, the previous year. So of course it takes a year or so to get consistent journaling, to get that feature built up. But after, you know, 950 days, I see roughly two and a half, three years of it. And your journaling can be in the morning or before you go to bed, but the key is consistency. Of course, everybody will tell you to meditate. And this can be an odd one, but everybody loves labels and descriptors. So they say to meditate. This is something that helps me to start my day. If you don't like labels or descriptors, how about 10 minutes of nothingness? And I could probably negotiate you into as little as five minutes. No phone, no TV, no nothing, just you. And my sessions look, and they're pretty simple. Close my eyes, take in a deep breath. Hold my breath and attach all of my negativity to that held a breath. Like I said, remember, this could be odd. And then as I exhale, I push those negative feelings out through my toes. Like I said, I know this could be odd. If that's not something for you, if you need something more along the lines of a guided meditation, there's an app called Calm, there's Headspace, there's no shortage of them. But just five or ten minutes each day of nothingness. No phone, no TV. Do something physical. Move, get up, go for a walk. We're all walk, working from home. A lot of us feel guilty. We end up working hour after hour with no breaks. Go outside, get some vitamin D. 15-20 minutes of sunshine makes a big difference. Go for a walk, listen to a podcast while you're doing it. Stretch. Do some yoga. doesn't even have to be yoga. It could just be static stretching. Again, we're sitting in a place we're not moving around the office like we used to. For some people, their only movement is from their desk to the refrigerator. And for me, lift something heavy. I think strength training, and I guess it typically doesn't have to be heavy, but strength training for me is a great release. If you've got a couple hundred pounds across your back and you're doing squats, you have to keep your mind focused on what you're doing and really allows for little opportunity for all those little bothersome thoughts to creep in. How about booze? No, it won't help you to feel better. Uh, it might, but it won't fix anything and you'll more than likely end up with a hangover. I enjoy adult beverages. Uh, if you spend any time listening to me, you know that. But if I'm hitting a rough spot, I don't drink. That's too easy of a dark hole to go down. And if you didn't know this, over the past 12 months, alcohol consumption is up as much as 25%. Of course, depending on what website you check. And think about it, many of these bars were closed during the summer months. So a lot of that increase was people drinking at home with people they have been sheltered in place with. Again, booze can add a huge stress factor. Now there is a whole mindful drinking movement out there. 
uh, and it's basically the practice of being aware of why and how much you drink. And this is beyond the, I don't drink to feel good. I drink to feel better. They say it often leads to a healthier relationship with alcohol and less consumption. Uh, they say that with mindful drinking, pause before each new drink and ask yourself whether it supports your goals or intentions. I think you have to be a pretty insightful person for that to work for you. But as they say on the Appalachian Trail, hike your own hike. So in this case, you drink your own drink. It might work. Uh, one of the rules that we have around here, if people are drinking mixed drinks, you have to use a jigger to mix your drinks. The reason is everybody uses a jigger for their first drink, but by the second or third, they're basically just pre-pouring. So that's one of the strategies that helps to keep everybody in check. Another thing to foster healthy mental health is alone time. And I'm not talking about that kind of alone time, you perverts. Most nights for me, I take an hour or two for myself, even though I have been home all day. And typically for me, it involves a cigar while I catch up on my RSS news feeds, like we talked about in last week's episode. Uh, I work on some wood carvings, read a book, or just piddle around the garage. While most people aren't cigar fans, it's one of those things that smoking a cigar typically takes an hour or so to finish it. So once you light one up, you're going to be there for a little while. Take into consideration the content that you absorb, what you watch, what you read. Personally, I rarely watch the news, maybe the local news in the morning, but never the cable news channels. Most everything I watch on YouTube, and I watch a bunch, it revolves around hiking, everyday carry, woodworking, strength training, and everything I read is along those same lines. Easy to accuse me of sticking my head in the sand as life moves forward, but I know for me this works. Last fall, the entrepreneur came in and said he was having issues sleeping. After a quick question and answer session, we discovered that he was going to sleep each night with CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News on his TV. We told him it's the height of the political season and you're going to try to go to sleep with the political news channels on. We follow that up with your mind, your brain, you know, still absorbs the information even when you're sleeping. And the issue is that while you're sleeping, your brain can't decipher between positive news in negative news. For the most part, it's like drinking out of a fire hose. And finishing up with a therapist or a counselor, yes, you knew this had to be in there. The reason, it works. If it's one thing to talk to or unload on your spouse, your parents, or your best friend, but they are not professionally trained, and oftentimes they have a dog in the fight or the conversation that you're speaking about and find it really hard to be objective. I've had someone to talk to for years and it helps oftentimes nothing more than to validate how I feel. For example, during the past political election, I'd log into Facebook or Twitter and I'd see post after post touting everything from corruption to fraud to COVID hoaxes. You've read it. You get the picture. That was followed by people posting that they were closing their Facebook account. And I never understood why you have to tell anyone that we'll eventually figure it out when we don't see your post anymore. Or they declare how many people they've unfriended over what they have posted or their political beliefs. And so I really started to question myself because I wasn't getting this fired up over something 
that somebody I haven't seen in 25 years had posted on social media. I brought this to my counselor's attention with something along the opening lines of, am I crazy because I don't get all tore up over something political that someone just posted? Yeah, a lot of my statements begin with, am I crazy? And his reply was, you're probably in a better mental health place than most of those people. I told him that my phone had dropped out and could he please repeat that, which he did. And we've had sessions where he spent the whole time listening to me rant about my frustrations. And sometimes that's all I've needed. Most therapists or counselors are doing everything virtually even after 5 p.m. So there's no real good reason that you can't find somebody to talk to. If you can't afford a therapist or a counselor, you can use your journal, you can use the voice recorder on your iPhone or smartphone, or you can call a family member or a friend and say, I need you to listen to me, remain silent, and when I am done, say okay and hang up the phone. And the reason they need to remain silent is so they can listen to you. Most people listen so they can help to prepare an answer. You don't need an answer. You just need somebody to listen. If you feel as though you're going to do harm to yourself, of course, there is always the National Suicide Prevention, 800-273-8255. You have to take care of yourself every day. If your mental health is affecting your physical health, Take a break, take a nap, hydrate, catch up on a TV or show. Also, beware of destination addiction. And that is the idea that happiness is in the next place, the next job, or even the next partner. Until you give up the idea that happiness is somewhere else, it will never be where you are. It took me a while to realize this statement in my daily life. No, I did not write that. That is credited to Denzel Washington. And it makes sense. Where you're at is where you're at. And your job or your goal is to find happiness there. And happiness is your definition. It's not your friend's definition. It's not social media's definition. It is your definition. You might be happier somewhere else and you might not. There's no guarantee And that shouldn't keep you from growing or advancing. Just don't base that growth or advancement on destination addiction. The key to all of this, pandemic or not, is you have to take care of yourself. Practice some self-care. Read a book for pleasure. Say no to activities or people that drain you. Take an online class. Listen to some music that makes you happy. Spend time with people that you love or like. Get fancy. Put out candles for dinner, buy some fresh flowers, make a good meal. So finishing all of this up, trying to put a tidy little bow on it. When you get on a plane, the next time you get on a plane, if you ever get back on a plane, you will hear the flight attendant instruct you to do what? Put your oxygen mask on first before helping others. And you don't need a master's degree to figure that out. If you run out of oxygen, You can't help anyone else out. So there you have it. Me doing my best to answer the how are you doing question. If you have a question or comment, you can leave me a voicemail at anchor.com or email me travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. Please travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. 
Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again. Thank you.